0: Welcome. My name is Van Richards. I'm a chartered financial consultant. And today we are talking about one of the world's largest client information services platforms, one of the largest CRMs. So let's go ahead and begin. We're going to talk today about Salesforce.com. So let's begin with today's daily stock analysis. Thank you, friends, for joining me today. I have a lot of really good information to talk to you today about Salesforce.com. But before we begin into today, I want to remind you that today is sponsored by Richard's Financial Planning. You know, stocks are really a significant part of people's growth of what they do in saving money toward the future. But the first thing that you really need is you need a plan. If you need some help in developing a financial plan for your future, learn more about the Prosperous Planning process over at richardsfinancialplanning.com. RichardsFinancialPlanning.com. They'll help you out. All right. Beginning in today, I want to talk to you just a little bit about Salesforce, the way that the company is structured. And I have to tell you, if you go to their website, it's overwhelming. There is so much information there that it can you could stay there learning about Salesforce.com for days and days and days. What I am going to do today is I'm going to take all that information and I'm going to try to condense it and bring it down to something that is digestible. And over the next 15 or 20 minutes, I'm just going to hit the high points. I, if you're familiar with Salesforce, Salesforce.com, you may be saying, yeah, but you've got about this or you forgot about this. But what about this? There's so many parts to it, friends. I'm going to focus on the recipe that works for developing stock analysis for me and for many of my clients. We're going to talk about that just a little bit as we go along today. But let's start and digest a little bit about what Salesforce.com actually does and break it down into some simple digestible bites. So let's go ahead and begin talking about that just a little bit. The company really, you know, it's a customer relationship company. It was one of the first software as a service models to the entire world. They have really four cloud services, sales cloud, sales service, marketing and commerce, and Salesforce platform, and some other apps, et cetera. The company has its most significant footprint in the United States with 70% of its business here, but there's 20% in Europe and 10% in the Asian Pacific region of the world. The company today is valued at about $197.79 billion. It's a significantly large company. They closed up today at $218.55, and one of the big questions that we're going to ask today is... Is that a fair price? Is this a good time to buy this stock or is it not a good time to buy this particular stock? So let's look a little bit more deeply at it. Remember what we do we look at the stability the earnings and then the competitiveness of every stock that we talk about and we use that warren buffett concept of a moat i call it a company's superpower there are two really significant moat characteristics for salesforce.com the first one is the switching cost switching cost for this company you could break it down into the four different types of offerings that they had through the sales cloud service cloud platform cloud and the marketing and commerce and each platform has its own significant barrier between it and its competitors. One of the other things that goes well in building a moat for this company is the network effect. The network effect is kind of like this. It's like, okay, if you use um, Microsoft 365, you probably use it because somebody else used it, you became familiar with it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the way that the network effect works. With Sales Cloud in itself, It represents 33% of the Salesforce throughout the world, the Salesforce automation market. So they have a significant footprint. And if you work at one company that uses Salesforce and you go to another company that uses Salesforce, that's the network effect and it keeps working. They also have a part of the company that's called App Exchange. This is actually something that predates uh, Apple's app store. They have a developer platform for those who are developing apps. And when a developer creates an app through Salesforce and they share it with their clients, they're utilizing the Salesforce platform. And that also creates another reason why that the, the moat is very strong with this company. I wanted to say the force is strong with you, but we're not talking about Star Wars today. OK, let's talk about revenues in 2020. And they have a fiscal year. They're actually in the year 2021 right now. So I'll go back and forth in between that just a little bit. But when I look back over the last nine months, um in 2019 they were at 11.48 billion dollars in revenues and then for 2020 it was 14.5 billion that's a 27% increase now that's a great increase I'll be a little bit pessimistic on what the future may be because you have to ask yourself as you're thinking about: Is this a good stock to own? Is can they keep up a 27% revenue over the next couple of years? Now, what I did is I went into their 10Q that was on their website. That's one of the filings that they make with the Securities and Exchange Commission, and I looked at the different offerings. That is the marketing cloud, the sales cloud, the service cloud, etc. And I broke down the gains that they had on each offering. The marketing and commerce cloud actually had a 25% gain. The platform, that's the sales cloud platform and other had a 47% gain. That was the biggest one at about $3.041 billion. That was a 47% increase. Sales cloud increased 40% in itself and service cloud increased by 21%. Every offering did so well last year. It's just amazing. Uh, It makes you a little scared for the future and hoping that they can continue to do that. Now, as they grow, they have to spend money. So what I wanted to do, too, is I wanted to draw attention to how they're spending money and pay attention to this number going forward. This is the cost and expenses of the company. If we look back to 2019, they spent $8.899 billion in cost and expenses. Now, you know, if you're going to grow, you have to spend money. In 2020, that grew they had more expenses up to $11.214 billion. That's a 26% increase in expenses. Now, their revenue increased by 27%, so it's paying off right now. But with the acquisition of Slack and then the 2019 acquisition of Tableau, we're going to have to keep an eye on that to make sure that it doesn't fall below what is really good for the company to grow. If the if the costs and expenses start to far exceed what the revenues are, that's where we need to pay attention to whether this is a good stock to keep or to buy at that point in time. All right. Now, here's a big number, and this is one that you have to ask yourself, can this continue? Because what I did is I looked at the 10Q again, and I looked at the diluted earnings per common share for the last nine months. In 2019, it was $0.45 per share. All right, if you're just listening to this and you haven't seen the number yet, as I throw up on the screen right here, in 2020, it was $4.11. Friends, that's a 814% increase. I had a hard time getting that number out. It's so huge. But the question's gonna be, Can the earnings continue? Now, what I've thrown up on the screen next, and for those of you that are listening to this on the podcast, I looked at the earnings history of the company all the way back to 2015, and they have been slightly, slightly, slightly gaining. Then all of a sudden in 2018, they started to take off. And then at the beginning of 2020, it started to skyrocket. And that was really after the 2019 acquisition of Tableau. And it's gone up ever since that point in time. The big question mark, though, is going to be, can they continue the type of earnings growth that they have seen? Now, no matter how good things are, friends, I always have to remind you that the past performance is not going to be a guarantee of any future results. Now, An impact on the growth of this stock has been the guidance the company has been giving out. The second quarter is when a lot of the amazing growth was was announced. And you're going to see a graph in a few moments, and I'll describe it to you if you're just listening, about what happened. But when we look at what the guidance is from Salesforce, the physical fourth quarter adjusted earnings, they're saying that it is going to be $0.73 to $0.74. Now, according to CNBC, CNBC, some analysts surveyed by Refinitiv said that they're expecting actually, actually 86%. Excuse me, I said percent, cents. Let me get that out properly. But if you're looking at the screen, you see those big red letters down below. It says, remember that guidance is not a guarantee. This is just guidance from a company, and the companies sometimes get a little bit overzealous in what they're saying, but we'll hope that it works out well for them. All right, let's look and see actually what happened over the past year to the price of this stock. It started the year at one hundred eighty three eighty five. That was 12 months ago on January the 13th, and today on the 13th, it closed at 217.50. Actually, it was 218.18. I did this at lunch, so it's a little bit different. But that's a 19% increase in a period of year. But do remember, you know, your past performance can't guarantee what's happening to the future. Now, this is something ironic I found. I went back, over the past few months, we've seen this stock started to fall in value. And I think that there's a lot of reasons why that's happening. If you read what is being written by analysts, a lot of the analysts are questioning the margins on the company. We're going to get into the margins toward the end in just a few moments. But the point is, over the last three months, the value of the stock has fell quite a bit, really. Um, On 10-13-2020, it was at 266.83. Of course, today it ended at around 218.18. That's down about 19%. Now, that's ironic. The past year, it gained 19%. In the last three months, it lost 19%. If you would have sold it... Three months ago, that would have been the best time. But maybe you're this in in this for the long term, which is what you should be. All right. So let's keep going on and see what we can get into next. Ah, before I go on, I want to pause for just a minute. I really want to thank our sponsor, AdviceForLifeInsurance.com. If you need life life insurance, you can find the best life insurance at the lowest price in less than five minutes. Just go over to AdviceForLifeInsurance.com and they can help you out right there. Now let's talk about what some of the analysts are saying. My gosh, there were 20 analysts that are following this stock and have issued opinions. I had to boil this down to three bullet points after reading through 20 different analysts and what they were what they were saying about this stock. The bulls and the bears. The very first thing is it, it goes back to what I talked about in the very beginning today that that Salesforce occupies 33% of the market for Salesforce automation sales in itself. What a lot of analysts are saying is, hey, that's only a third. There are two thirds more to go. So there's room to grow from that standpoint. Out of the four dig- divisions, I talked to you about how that was broken up and the, the growth that they've had. They've been very inventive in the way that they have been able to grow. And they've grown a lot. They've grown a lot get my English right there. They have grown a lot through acquisitions which has been extremely good. Management's emphasis is on margins to increase toward the future and they've talked about this in their in their presentations and in their interviews. They're focused on margin and they well should be because you're going to see in just a moment that the margins are far below what other SaaS companies have. Now, this is what the bearish analysts are saying that are out there. High revenues are probably not sustainable. If they had a 27% growth in revenues over the past nine months, keeping that up is going to be really, really hard to do. Now, another bearish point is going to be that they need to prove that the acquisitions that they have made are going to be profitable. And I wrote a few of these points down. I want to read them to you real quick. The Tableau... Uh, Acquisition that happened back in 2019 was for $14.7 billion. And the market has responded favorably to it. But the point is going to be what the analysts are saying is, where's the money? Where's the profits? How are the margins increasing? The second thing is the Slack acquisition that just, well, it's not happened yet, but it's been inked, let's say. For $27.7 billion. The big question mark is going to be, can they digest this as a company and can they continue the type of profits that we've seen? Now, this is where we play the Wall Street game. You as an investor have to ask yourself the question, they're going to do great. They've got a great history. So they're going to probably do very well with this Slack acquisition. But then again, if you're a pessimist, as some analysts may be, and you'll see there's a few of them out there in a moment, we'll name some names, um, it might not be. And the last point is something that's been brought up by even the the executives in the company. They know that their margins are pretty thin. And the analysts are recognizing this too. And that's what I think is really weighing on the price right now. Because if we compare Salesforce's net margin of 7.53 to Microsoft at 32.29, there's a big difference in between margins. In a few moments, remember, we talk about the the competitiveness of companies. We're going to do that last. I'm going to show you some other companies like Adobe that you want to compare to with Microsoft, too, when we're thinking about how does this company compete. Now, one company that I rely upon a lot for information because I think that they have a wealth, a depth of information and resources is Morningstar. Now, this is not a commercial for Morningstar. I'm not sponsored by them. I just like what they do and I use their service. They rate... They rate Salesforce.com as a four-star company. And what that really means is they believe that this company is undervalued. With the current price, when I did this, it says t- $217.80. Remember today, it ended at $218. But never mind that, what the fair market value picked by Morningstar is $253. And you're going to see in a moment when I talk about some of the other analysts, This is there's a pretty big consensus out there in the analyst world that the 250 to 260 270 range is a very reasonable price for salesforce.com morningstar is saying that that this company's actually selling at a, about a 16% discount now when i show you what some of the other analysts are saying out there remember i told you that there were 20 analysts out there that were that were reviewing this actually there's more than that there's 26 but there were 20 of them that were saying that this is going to be a strong buy Okay. And when we look at, there's maybe five of them that are holding on it. And only one is saying that this should be a sell. All right. Let's take a look at the spaghetti graph for just a real quick moment and look at the competitors for Salesforce.com and see how it's working. I've thrown up on the screen for those of you that are listening a graph that's going to show what's happened to the daily price of this stock over the past year. And I'm comparing it to three other companies that are similar in size. These are all large cap companies. I'm going to focus on margins rather than focusing on the the size of the company, though, because they're all big companies. Salesforce.com has a margin right now that's at 753 Now, when you compare that to Adobe, and this is why I think that we've seen the price of the stock go down over the past three months, we have a lot of analysts that are looking at the margins. They're looking at the bottom line. Adobe's margin is at 31.05. Microsoft's margin is at 32.29. And Oracle, which hasn't been doing as well, if you're looking at the chart, the gold line is Oracle. It's on the bottom. It's at 26.34, which is still higher. Than salesforce.com at 17.53. So the question is going to be going forward. Can the executives of this company squeeze the margins a little bit more and give it a get it above 20. Now, If you look at the graph that's in front of you, you see that in August, around August 26th, actually, I believe it's not on the screen, but around the 24th, that was when Salesforce.com was actually added to the Dow Jones Industrials. Well, it just so happens about the day after that, they came out and with the stupendous growth numbers from the revenue. The revenue beat the estimates, the revised guidance was higher, and that made the price go up significantly right on August the 26th. But we have to remember that even though that it's gone up, the past is not going to be a guarantee of what the future is. So what I did in, in one of the last slides I'm going to show to you is I got in my Wayback machine. And for those of you that don't know what a Wayback machine is, go back and look for the cartoon Mr. Peabody from years and years ago. I will to go through that. If we look back in the Wayback Machine and go back three years, we see that it's been a rocky road as far as valuation goes for Salesforce.com. Microsoft and Adobe have actually beat it significantly from a value standpoint and a margin standpoint. And we have to ask ourselves the question, can they get back to where they were in August? And that's the big question going forward. Now, let's take a look at what some of the analysts said. Now, remember, there were 26 analysts that have offered opinions on this company in the last 90 days. I couldn't put them all onto the screen. They won't fit. So what I did is I picked the analysts which have the highest impact on the share price. Now, the most pessimistic analyst out there is Sanford Bernstein, and Sanford Bernstein is putting a price target on this stock at around 234. member today, it ended at 218.80. So 234 is a little bit more room to go. They're in the same the same area, the same market number that Morningstar is. Now, the most optimistic one that's out there is UBS Group. U.S. UBS Group has put a buy number on this stock and they're saying $325. Remember, it's at 218 now. If you're in that camp, I'd like to know why. If I look back at the numbers that I showed you just a little bit ago with the numbers, I'd like to know why you're so optimistic on this particular stock. I'm not saying that it's a bad stock. I'm not saying anything like that at all. But I'd like to know what your optimism is to be able to say that this stock's going to go from 218 to 325. I think there's some room to go, but that's a lot. That's an awful lot from that standpoint. All right, so just keep all this in mind. Uh it, when you're looking at the different stocks that's out there and remember that what we're trying to do is we're trying to ask ourselves these three questions. Is this a stable stock? What are the earnings and what are the possibilities of it going forward? And then what's the competitiveness of it? OK, so there's a lot of comments that are out there today. So I just want to go through a couple of them. And talk to you just a little bit. Uh, Vertigo wrote in, Hey, I bought today. Hope this review will be positive. Vertigo, I hope so too. I really hope so too. And Lestian said, I bought my first portion at 240, looking to buy around the second portion around 200 to 205. Um, And if it's to go lower, I hope so. I look for it very much, ready to add more and more. Lestian, I want to ask you a question. If you're listening out there, write in and tell me, what's going to be the criteria that you think is going to make this stock go down? I'm not sure. Do you think that they're going to be able to profit from their Slack acquisition? And then Vertigo also wrote that I bought, uh, my price target is 500. Uh, Slack will generate very nice growth in the next three to five years. And then there's another one that somebody wrote about another different subject. And I'll I'll end today on this, friends. I'll end today on this. I, I love analyzing stocks. In the morning, I spend time working on my clients' accounts. In the afternoon, I spend time working on stuff that you're interested in. So if you have a stock that you have an interest in and I can find information on it, I'll try to put it into the show and talk about it. And then I'd like you to write in and tell me what your thoughts are too on different stocks. I think that some of the listeners to this show are some of the smartest people in the world. You really are because sometimes I can't answer questions because I'm an investment advisor and I can't give advice online from the standpoint of just saying, hey, this is a my thought on this question. I, I have to preface it with disclosures and stuff like that, which I'm going to do in just a moment. But the point is going to be, you can communicate with other people that write in on the platform on YouTube. And if you've got a question, ask it. Some uh, Somebody out there might have an answer for you. I know there's a lot of discussion going on right now on the review that I did on China Mobile on what to do with a particular stock if you're in the United States. So Thanks a lot for listening. Let me know more about some of the stocks that you have an interest in today and come back and join me tomorrow. Um, Also, one last thing, uh, Vertigo writes in. How does Salesforce looking to you personal price targets? Um, I'm going to probably uh, defer that just a little bit and go back to looking at what Morningstar is saying. I think that if we go in between 230 and 250, personally, I think we're looking pretty good at 218. I think it's a little bit undervalued at this point in time. So we'll just have to wait and see uh, what happens toward the future. So. Thanks a lot for listening, friends. Thanks for all all your comments and all of your thoughts. Come back tomorrow and we'll find another stock to talk about. Everybody have a good evening. And here's the disclosure. Richard's Financial Planning, LLC, is an investment advisor. This publication's content reflects the views of Richard Financial Planning, LLC, and sources deemed to be reliable. There are many different interpretations of investment statistics and other ideas on best using that information. This recording is for educational and informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. The views expressed do not constitute an offer to buy or sell securities. There are no warranties expressed or implied regarding accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from any information that's presented. The opinions expressed are as of the date of the recording. Opinions are subject to change. Views and opinions of guests are not necessarily those of Richard's Financial Planning, LLC, its owners, employees, or affiliates. Richard's Financial Planning, LLC, and its affiliates are not associated with the guest or the affiliates unless otherwise stated. Van Richards is a managing member of Richard's Financial Planning, LLC. The stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statements regarding the market or additional financial information is obtained from our supplier sources, and we believe it to be reliable. However, we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Our company, our employees, or our information providers, guests or affiliates are not liable for any errors or inaccuracies related to this presentation. It does not matter what the cause might be for any possible mistake. We cannot be responsible for inaccuracies. Richards Financial Planning LLC only transacts business in states where it is appropriately registered or excluded or exempted from registration requirements. It does not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. When considering this material, You should discuss your circumstances with professionals in those areas before you make any decisions. The information contained in this presentation does not consider your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs. To evaluate if any investment is suitable for you, you should consider your financial position, investment objective, and risk tolerance before making any investment decisions. The past performance is not a guarantee of future results, and all investments are subject to investment risk, which includes the possible loss of principal.